Should the Arizona Cardinals contemplate trading DeAndre Hopkins at the end of the 2022 season? No. You are locked on Cardinals. Your daily Arizona Cardinals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Cardinals your first listen each and every day, free and available on all platforms. Uh, please like, subscribe, turn the notifications on on the YouTube channel as well so you can see when the videos get posted. Um, the Cardinals play football on Sunday against the Atlanta Falcons. It will not be Colt McCoy. It will not be Trace McSorley. It will be David Blau starting for the Arizona Cardinals. I'm sorry if that's not going to be the first segment of today's show. It won't be. There are more pressing matters for the future of the Arizona Cardinals. Now, the game on Sunday is very important for myriad reasons, and I will get to that. But I wanted to take the first segment and really have a serious discussion about one of the most important players to wear an Arizona Cardinals uniform over the last couple of years. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online where the game starts. DeAndre Hopkins should remain an Arizona Cardinal until he retires, in my opinion. DeAndre Hopkins is so extremely important to this offense that it cratered when he wasn't on the field towards the tail end of the last couple seasons. Okay, now, we'll talk about that in a minute, but... There is a situation that I've discussed pretty much since the Cardinals traded for Hollywood Brown. And since we found out pretty much in concert that DeAndre Hopkins was going to miss the first six weeks of the regular season due to performance-enhancing drug use. Um, something that he denies being knowledgeable of when taking. I, d- I agree with him. I-, I back him. I trust him. that he didn't know. Because there was no reason for us to believe that he would up until that point. DeAndre Hopkins and Hollywood Brown played very few meaningful snaps this season together. And that was my biggest fear going into the season. DeAndre Hopkins misses the first six weeks. Hollywood Brown looks like a pro bowler and was a pro bowler through six weeks. Put up massive wide receiver one numbers. The Cardinals were, were still relevant then. You were hoping they wouldn't go one and five, and they didn't. And then as DeAndre Hopkins comes back, Hollywood Brown goes to the disabled list, disabled list, what are we talking about? It gets injured, and then it's extended another handful of weeks to see meaningful snaps played by these two players. And when they finally did come back, the season was kind of lost. Kyler Murray was hurt. Colt McCoy was starting, still wasn't those three on the field. Then Rondell Moore got hurt. And we never, which was my biggest fear after trading for Hollywood Brown, got to see DeAndre Hopkins and Hollywood Brown on the field with Kyler Murray for an extended amount of time to be able to gauge what they would this would look like moving forward if they did extend Hollywood Brown and if they did extend De- DeAndre Hopkins. Michael Bidwell, to this day, 
does not know if that would be a good investment. And n- neither do any of us because we haven't seen it. We haven't seen it yet. We, we've seen them separately on the field, both put up pretty much similar numbers in a couple of game spurts, like upwards of 10 catches, over 100 yards, a couple touchdowns. We've seen both of them do it separately. We haven't seen them do it as the one and one a tandem, which could take this offense to the stratosphere with Kyler Murray healthy for the foreseeable future. So now the question is posed, is DeAndre Hopkins somebody that the Cardinals should look at moving? I did tweet out something, and I said the Cardinals should not trade Hollywood, uh, should not trade DeAndre Hopkins. But if they did, would you offer a first and a, would you take a first and a third for him? I got a little uh, back, pushback because he probably won't garner that much. I think if the Cardinals do end up trading him, which they shouldn't, if they do and they don't get a first for him, what the hell are we doing here? That's what I said. So I still would rather have DeAndre Hopkins at 31. He will be 31 when the season starts in 2023 on the roster for the next handful of years instead of trading for him and getting draft capital. And I'm going to tell you why. There's a couple of reasons. One, even though I know it's going to be a huge cap situation, even though they're going to have to have some gymnastics in play with this salary cap for next season and for the future, especially with Kyler Murray's extension kicking in. But they could set aside $40-plus million a year for Hollywood Brown and DeAndre Hopkins combined. And they 100% should do it because you need to keep your strengths, your strengths with the roster that's seemingly always in flux in the offseason. The Cardinals have a full slate of draft picks pretty much. They have their first, they have their second, and they're both going to be high. They're both going to be high. So if they want to maximize this draft and trade future draft capital, okay, we can discuss that. Especially if Steve Kimes not making the picks, it's going to be a brave new world. It's going to be a whole new world. So you can fill out this roster with young talent and free agents who are looking at this with a new head coach, a new regime, like, oh, okay, this is the new Arizona Cardinals. I would like to go play with Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins and Hollywood Brown and Zach Allen and Byron Murphy and if they resign him and Buda Baker. You know, I can work with that. So with DeAndre Hopkins, the reason why I'm so steadfast on this is there's a couple things that I do know. One, he got popped for PEDs, okay? A lot of times, players, after they pop for PEDs, people think, well, they were taking them for a reason because they've lost a step. DeAndre Hopkins has never been fast. He's never been the fastest receiver, and that's great for this point in his career. That's fantastic because that's one of the first thing that goes, one of the first things that goes. Speed. If you need speed to be successful, not everybody's Deshaun Jackson. Deshaun Jackson's a vamp. Deshaun Jackson isn't human with how fast he still is. That's not normal. Steve Smith, another example. Steve Smith completely changed who he was when he played football, 33, 34, 35. He was an outside receiver, undersized outside burner receiver. And then what he did in Baltimore was like he Larry Fitzgerald it. He changed the way he played and extended his career. Those are exceptions to the rule. Traditionally, if you're fast and you lose a step, you're no longer as effective as you once were. DeAndre Hopkins has never relied on his speed. What he's relied upon is his angles and his ability to get to the spot where he wants to get to, also having one of the best set of hands, if not the best set of hands still in the NFL. His catch radius is massive. And he's a good teammate, and he doesn't have an ego. And people, he just, 
Like, that's one of my favorite parts of Hard Knocks is getting a little more introspection into DeAndre Hopkins. We know the story about his mom who was awfully accosted um, and had bleach and other substances thrown in her eyes that caused her to uh, be blind. We know his relationship with his mom, always finding his mom after a touchdown, things like that. But we got to see more with Hard Knocks with him. And it's like, how do you let that guy go? Now, if he wants to be traded, I feel like like if Cliff comes back, I mean, all bets are off. But if they bring in a new regime and it's like the stability is there, it's like this is the plan for the future. And we want you to be a part of it. And you're going to get taken care of. He's probably going to play another four years. So if you give him a four-year deal that's team-friendly and player-friendly, locking him up, where it's just like, we don't have to think about this anymore because it's not going to be a huge cap hit. You're going to get one of the best receivers of all time to remain with the Arizona Cardinals. I feel like it's a no-brainer. I think it's an absolute 100% no-brainer. This isn't a Stephon Diggs-Justin Jefferson situation. A team with a high – like, if they get offered a top-10 pick this year for DeAndre Hopkins, which they wouldn't, if they do – we can revisit this conversation, even though I still think that you shouldn't trade DeAndre Hopkins for a what if. You draft well, you sign free agents, and it's going to take more than one offseason for the Cardinals to get right with this roster, with how poorly Steve Kime has managed it. It's going to take more than one offseason. This is going to be where the Cardinals start to mend and start to build for the future. And DeAndre Hopkins, in my opinion, absolutely has to be a part of it, without question. Locked on Cardinals, your team every day. David Blau is going to be starting for the Arizona Cardinals on Sunday in Atlanta. Um, Sweet. Let's talk about it. Locked on Cardinals, your team every day. I do have to get serious here, um, and I'm not joking. Like This is a very serious topic, okay? Did you know that driving high is considered driving under the influence? And I smile because I don't understand why people don't know that already. Like, I can't comprehend why this isn't just something that people adhere to. That's right. Driving under the influence of marijuana is against the law in every state, even in states where marijuana is legal. That means driving high could get you a DUI. And if you think law enforcement can't tell when you're driving high, you're wrong. Your friends can tell. Your coworkers can tell. Even your parents can tell. Everyone can tell. So what makes you think that law enforcement officers don't know that you're driving high or don't know when you're driving high? Driving under the influence of marijuana can slow your response time and change how you perceive time and speed. So even if you think you're fine to drive when you're high, you're not. Because the bottom line is, if you feel different, you drive different. And driving high is driving under the influence. So remember, drive high, get a DUI. Paid for by NHTSA. David Blau will be playing quarterback for the Cardinals. Now, if you um, are a Thanksgiving football watcher, which I'd assume most people are, David Blau had a coming out party against the Bears a couple years ago on Thanksgiving. It was the back of a quarterback bowl. David Blau was like, who? How do you pronounce his last name? Wait, what? He threw another touchdown? I think he threw for almost 300 yards and two touchdowns in that game. Picked up a couple weeks ago after Kyler Murray went down and he's going to be starting for the Cardinals. So we can talk about a couple different things here. Um, I'm going to save the whole last segment for if the Cardinals should root to lose here. Uh, it needs, it just needs to be discussed because not only if the Cardinals win, would there be a, a drop in uh, uh, draft stock, but the Falcons are right behind them. 
So it'd be a complete flip-flop. Um, and with a couple absolute like potential defensive changing studs at the top of the draft, uh, it, it's something that needs to be discussed. But looking at this game, what I'm looking for is what this defense can look like without Buda Baker. Okay. And what this defense could look like without Byron Murphy, because Byron Murphy has been out for a while. Okay. He's obviously out. Um, this is where Zayvon Collins, Isaiah Simmons, like these are the moments where when you're playing with very few uh, opening week starters, Zayvon Collins just needs to continue to emerge and show I'm here and I'm going to be a staple for the future. And he has this year so far. And he's, I, I do my awards at the end of the year and I'll do it. Um, he's not flashy. Okay. He's, he's had a couple, he's had a pick six. Okay. So he's had a couple like flashbulb memories, he's had a couple good sacks uh, uh, this season. But usually, and what the offensive line specifically has been like pretty much forever was if you're not talking about him, that means they're doing a good job. If you're not talking about it, and now the offensive and defensive lines are in the spotlight way more than ever, especially the offensive line over the last 10 years, and you see it with the pay scale. Um, Zayvon Collins just comes to work, does his job. And he's, I mean, he's got the green dot. Like, look at how far we've come with Zayvon Collins. Zayvon Collins was not allowed to call plays. He was not the play caller in week one because, like, I saw, and like most people saw in the preseason, he looked lost. He had some, he had some spl uh, splash plays, but he looked lost still. And then he comes in, you know, uh, Isaiah Simmons was not equipped for that in week one. And then it's been Zayvon Collins ever since. So he's a guy that now is hopefully going to be a young pillar for this team. I call them pillars. I've called them pillars since 2017, 2017 players that hold this team up and will for the future set and forget guys. Buda Baker is the only defensive pillar that the Cardinals have had over the last couple seasons. That's including Chandler Jones. And then you see this year was Byron Murphy before he got hurt. And now it's Byron Murphy, Zayvon Collins, and Zach Allen. Three pillars that are holding up this defense for the future that you can 100% trust every snap to do their job. So what Zayvon Collins has done from year one to year two is take the step from year one to year two that you'd expect a first round pick to make. Now, on the other hand, Isaiah Simmons has been a little slower on the uptake. And I think that this was coaching failure in the first in the first uh, year where they had him in the offseason play with, you know, three or four different position groups when it's so hard to play football from college to pros it, for, to wait for the game to actually slow down. That giving him multiple, you know, multiple jobs and multiple things to learn just wasn't wasn't the best course of action in hindsight. Year two, it was more of the same. We saw a little bit of growth, like the, I call them again, the flashball memories from last year from uh, Isaiah Simmons, where the goal line stopped from De on Derrick Henry in week one, and then the goal line stopped on on um, on Trey Lance at home against the 49ers when Jimmy Garoppolo got hurt. That was potentially the difference in the game on fourth and goal, and the Cardinals, I think, won that game 17-10. And we've seen growth from Isaiah Simmons this year. We've seen growth from him. But we have not seen from year one to year three the Pro Bowl growth that I was wrong about this. I thought he was going to be a Pro Bowler. Like what we saw during camp, what we saw 
early on, I'm like, okay, so this is the year where Isaiah Simmons takes the leap. And then, you know, you're going into year four next year. It'll be interesting to see if they pick up his fifth-year option because the thing is, with Isaiah Simmons, he is going to have the Asan Reddick storyline stapled to him. For the Cardinals, like, you you hope that you figure out Isaiah Simmons and where to put him before you decline his fifth-year option and then he becomes the next Asan Reddick who's now one of the best pass rushers in the league, was in Carolina, and then, you know, now with Philly. So that's what I'm looking for specifically on Sunday. It's not so much about win and loss. I'll talk about that in the, in the final segment. But on Sunday, the hot spots for me are Isaiah Simmons and Zayvon Collins, and then Greg Dorch because it's fun. Greg Dorch because he's the story of the offense this year when he plays. You know, you could say it was Hollywood Brown the first six weeks. That's fine. That's what he was brought in to do. It's DeAndre Hopkins when he comes back. But that's you, you expect that. Consistent is gravity. What Greg Dorch has done since Rondo Moore has gone out, and you could have even said it was Rondo Moore. I mean, Rondo Moore was the most fun offensive player to talk about this season because he didn't know. They finally figured out you could throw the ball behind, in front of the line of scrimmage. In front of the, uh, in front of the line of scrimmage wasn't lava for Rondo Moore. It's like, oh, my God, look at what this guy's like in space. I I compare him to uh, Lamar Jackson, where it's like, man, it is so fun to watch Lamar Jackson just run in space. It's art. And the same thing with Rondell Moore. Him catching the ball in space is just, I mean, it's popcorn. And since he's been out, and even before he was out, when Greg Dorch played, it's like, why is he not playing more? Well, you know, because he has Hollywood Brown, he's DeAndre Hopkins, he has Greg Dorch, I mean, uh, uh, Rondo Moore, he's got Zach Ertz, he got James Conner out of the backfield. Like, they had a lot of other options. And now all Greg Dorch does is perform. And it's awesome. And it's fun. And it's it's rare when you see a camp story all the way through the season when that player is given opportunity to thrive. And Tony Hamilton hasn't really done much this year. I know that he's not – him being asked to be CB2 at times just isn't fair. Steve Kahn didn't build out the cornerback room. Hasn't pretty much ever. So he was kind of not necessarily set up for success, Antonio Hamilton. Greg Dorch comes in. He's taken advantage of every opportunity. And I'll tell you what, every offensive mind that's around the idea of either becoming the new OC for the Cardinals or if it's Sean Payton recognizes that. And this is just going to be another time for Greg Dorch to audition for the future. Like this wide receiver room for the Cardinals could be incredibly scary if they run it back. Because you'd assume, say, barring any sort of real health thing, when healthy, Hollywood Brown, DeAndre Hopkins, Rondo Moore, Greg Dorch, Zach Ertz when he comes back, give me a break. Give me an absolute break. Offensive minds, offensive, you know, OC, potential OCs, and if it's Sean Payton or whatever, even though I think it should be D'Amico Ryans, and I'll talk about that a lot more in the offseason. How would Sean Payton not want to come coach here with Cliff Kingsbury and DeAndre and uh, uh, DeAndre and uh, Steve Kime gone? I know that there are some books that have him as the the Cardinals as the favorite for for this to be his last to this to be Sean Payton's landing spot. But just going into Sunday in a season that's quote unquote lost, there's still so much to watch and so much to focus on for the next season. But you got to see it now for there to be a next season and for there to be the reps for these players. Zayvon Collins and Isaiah Simmons and Greg Dorch because Greg Dorch may be 
I think Zach Allen's probably the story of the year for this roster, uh, uh, you know, positively. But Greg Dorch is an honorable mention for sure. Locked on Cardinals, your team every day. Should you be watching the game on Sunday hoping the Cardinals lose? We'll, we're going to talk about it. I'm going to talk about it. And I'm going to do that next, Locked on Cardinals. First, betonline.net. BetOnline has been around with us for a long time. And I love them. BetOnline continues to be your number one source for all your sports wagering information. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From pro football to college bowl season, I mean, tomorrow is the playoff, finally. I feel like it's been six months. Uh, we've, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. If you love sports podcasts, you can even find those at BetOnline as well. They're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. And I love talking about my friends at SolarNerd, mysolarnerd.com. Local, man. They're a local Phoenix business, local Arizona business that's helping you maneuver around switching to solar. Their mission is simple. Help you get the best solar system to fit your needs. The guys at MySolarNerd.com are local and understand the nuances of going solar in Arizona. They're, you know, if, if you've been shop solar, especially free solar, there are some times that those companies aren't local. MySolarNerd.com, they are. They firmly believe that if you live in Arizona, switching to solar should mean saving money. And once you're ready, they'll put their industry knowledge to work for you by choosing the best equipment, warranties, and better business bureau accredited installer. And they'll also help you figure out all the credits and incentives you may qualify for. And they'll make sure that your transition to solar is as smooth as possible by managing the entire project for you and keeping you updated along the way. Our listeners will get a $50 Amazon gift card when they book a no-commitment evaluation. This program is only for our listeners that are homeowners. So visit MySolarNerd.com and select Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us section. Make the switch to solar on your terms. Start your research process by visiting MySolarNerd.com and show Locked On some love by letting them know we sent you, folks, going solar doesn't need to be complicated. MySolarNerd.com. Make it easy. Should you be rooting for the Arizona Cardinals to lose on Sunday? No. Would it be a nice byproduct if they did lose for the future? Yes. Okay. But the thing is, and, you know, I there's a couple st- things that I subscribe to here one is i don't blame injuries on performance now with kyler murray going out it it changes things a little bit but harping on injuries as the reason why a team loses is a fool's errand in my opinion it just is the cardinals had plenty of opportunities to win games with hollywood brown without deandre hopkins with deandre hopkins without hollywood brown there were a bunch of close games this year the cardinals just flat out lost and that oh well you know, if Rodney Hudson was there, then the defense would have, you know, got this stop. If, you know, it, it's just like, it, it, it's, I see it as just not the right way to look at things in, in my most humblest of opinions. And the same goes for tanking, all this stuff. I, and it's every NFL player, every professional athlete, every athlete wants to win. And just because the team could get a higher draft pick next year, guess what? There is a good chunk of the roster right now that would be directly affected 
by whatever position is taken by the Cardinals in the first round that is a threat to that person's job security. So why would players want to lose a game? You're not looking for next year. You're looking for this year. So because of that, you always want to see teams win. Teams you cover, teams you're phantoms, teams whatever. If the Cardinals do lose, there are some perks to that. Absolutely. But if you think that the Cardinals going into Atlanta and losing would be a good look because they get a higher draft pick next year, I disagree. The Cardinals should still beat Atlanta, even with David Blau. It's closer than with Colt McCoy, obviously. But look at what look at what Josh Dobbs did against against the Cowboys last night with Tennessee. I mean, it was close for a while, and then it wasn't. But like, the Cardinals should still win on Sunday, and I hope that Cardinals fans are rooting for them to win. Because it's going to look better if they get a W. And it's not like, well, obviously your team always looks better if they win than if they lose. Yeah, but the optics, it's so fragile in Arizona right now. The Arizona Cardinals are looked at like a pariah right now with how things are being run. And any little sugar sprinkle on top of that is a good thing right now. It's good press. Oh, why would the Cardinals win if they... Because they're professional athletes who try their hardest. Heaven forbid. Do I hope the Cardinals lose on Sunday? No. Would it be beneficial for them in the future if they did? Absolutely. But you're not like... This isn't a win like, okay, if the Cardinals win then they get the 30th pick. And if they lose, they get the second. Even if they lose, they're, I'm, I'm assuming chances are they're not going to beat San Francisco in Week 18. So a spot here, a spot there, yes, could be crucial. But it's not so far vast that it's like, well, they may as well just forfeit because you know they want 28 spots jump from if they win to if they lose in, in the draft order in the first round of next year. It's just not, it, it, in my opinion, it's not, the right way to look at things. Just enjoy your team. Hope they put up some points. Hope you see David Collins and Isaiah Simmons uh, remain constant. Kind of, you know, David Collins has been a lot more constant. Just hope for Greg Dorch to catch an 80-yard bomb or something. Watch football. Enjoy your team. And um, I will be with you regardless on Monday to talk about it, the aftermath, as we inch closer to the end of the 2022 NFL season. It's wild. Um, oh, one last thing. Disclaimer. All right, not disclaimer. Um, wish list. I know Christmas and the holidays are over for that. NFL, please start numbering your seasons with a hyphen it. I don't want to have to do the math or look back and say, oh, the 2022 Super Bowl winner was the Rams. But wait, that was for the 2021 season. Why don't we start doing the hyphen it like, the NBA, like hockey does, because they play over the course of two years. Two calendar years are included in the season. Please start the next season as the 2023-2024 NFL season. Please do it. Locked on Cardinals. I'll talk to you on Monday.